Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be f-ing great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Back for Shabelka. He'll see now. Shit. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he dips the old on your bike. Pretty a dupe as you're going to see in any old opening back. Derek I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Hey, everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, uh, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union that you're listening to. That's exciting. It might be, well, mm, if you listen to two podcasts at the same time, let us know. <laughs> at VFTB Pod. I'd be very curious. Uh, uh, I'm your host, as most of the time, Evan Valella. And I'm back. sorry welcome to back. our listeners because I take a week off and then everyone goes off the rails. So my pH bad. balance is at least like three because I'm nice and neutral. <sighs> that voice you just heard doubting that joke. Chuck Booth, who's here? Um, it, I apologize in advance for if you hear a bunch of hiccups, because I am just dealing with a bout of them right now, but yeah. we power on. We're, we're overcoming. Hey, Chuck, there's worse things that you could have right now than the hiccups. This is true. You know, you could be a Montreal Impact fan. Uh, that's where this was going. Oh, why did you think... Never mind, I'll move on. Unfortunately, hey, we can't dunk uh, on the Rapids because they're 2-0. and It's true, we can't. The time will come. The time will come. <laughs> uh, speaking of their time coming, it is Justin Ashcraft. It is his time to be introduced on this podcast, and it has now happened. Oh, thank you for yeah. introducing me. Welcome back. Anytime. Thank you, thank you. It's nice to be here in the place where I usually am, so that's, that's exciting. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, the Philadelphia Union went out and got a 3-3 draw against Los Angeles Football Club. Um, and, uh, well, I would say we, but I wasn't here. I'll say we, we were made to eat some collective words about some performances that happened, which, which was the plan the whole time. I'm sure you are included in this podcast. Therefore I am. the I words am have to be eaten. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I'm no professional soccer analyst, so I don't, I don't claim to be right all the time, and when I'm wrong, I can clearly admit that, and I was definitely wrong yeah. about this game. Uh, but it's okay, because just about everyone was wrong about this game. Um, we all said that the Union were going to lose. They did not. Okay, just because you weren't here doesn't mean you aren't collectively included in this, <laughs> because it was the majority of the podcast. Um, and... Uh, Sergio Santos very early um, made us even just begin eating our words. Yeah. Dude. <coughs> I don't think... Is that the first, like, outside-the-box union goal in, like, forever? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Um, probably since Roland Albert. I don't yeah. think it's that far back. I don't think it's... That's not that... That's not that far back... Medunian had, had definitely put one in from outside the box. 
I would think. It has I mean, he? Are we, yeah, probably. Oh, you know what? Wagner hit one late in the season last year. It just feels like I haven't seen one in a while. So that I, was they're like... Not, they're not very uh, common, but they, they do happen. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, realistically, they generally came from Auburg or Vernetta, who had very short stints very long ago now. But um, it looks like they're back because not only did we get one outside the box goal. Oh, my God. Um, we got That's what he said on one, the broadcast, too. One almost from the center circle. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Glesnes, uh I think, smuggled a, <coughs> I don't know, heat-seeking rocket into the Bank of California Stadium and just let it go. The crazy thing is, like, that run-up that he took should not result in a shot on target. Like, no. ever. No, no, no. I also enjoy that he seemingly aimed at Latif Blessing's head. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll just hit it to that. And then when he ducks, it'll go in. It had enough power that he had to duck. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. Protect your neck. But, yeah. <coughs> uh, it's nice to see some set plays going in, though. It's, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. I, yeah. Not since Roland Alberg, I think, have we scored off a set piece. <laughs> that might be true, actually. No, it's, it's certainly not. It's not, no. No, no not at all. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and then, man, oh, man, I'm a little, like, uh, if this was a home game or if this wasn't against the team that has so many guys that just on the ball can make something out of nothing, I'd be a little upset that we went up three times and then drew. But um, <coughs> it's LAFC. It's the second week of the season. Like, I'll definitely take a point on the road against, you know, uh, now with Atlanta without Yosef, maybe the best team in the league? Yeah, I mean, considering you also add in the fact that the refs wanted no part in us taking um, three points in L.A. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah, is there is there a big U.S. soccer conspiracy theory here? The Union are in a sexy market, so we... What's well, the... Uh, it's one it's one of those things where it should be and can be but yeah um L- LA definitely got the stars treatment in that game. <coughs> yeah. Little home field yeah. advantage per- perhaps. But like I truly I truly don't know where to start with this game. Sure. Just be- just well, it's just like looking at it by all of the numbers the Union have no business scoring three goals. Yeah. But they just wanted it more. And Andre Blake, for the most part, was mm. who we need Andre Blake to be if we want to have a successful season. Mm. For sure. For sure. In the big games like that, at least, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Justin, any, any opening thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think the the player who needs to be talked about, who probably won't get talked about too much, because he was definitely overshadowed by two spectacular goals, was Brendan Aronson. I thought this was yeah. probably 
one of his better games in a union uniform. Um, and I think he is starting to look like he understands what's expected of him, not only by the union, but I think nationally, like he's, he's, you know, he, he got that, obviously he probably got a call on Friday, Saturday, you know, getting called up to the Olympic team and then they, right. they revealed it on Sunday at halftime. But I think like, you know, he understands that that's a big opportunity and a must have for the U S men's program. And I think he played like it in this game. Like he wants a spot on the field at the Olympic tournament. And I mean, uh, yeah, uh, after a performance like that, like gets a goal, I, it, a, it's just nice to see him get off to a good start. Cause I think he's a player and I mean, every player needs momentum, but I, I think him, especially after last year and even going into this off season where everyone's like, yeah, you know, a guy to help him out would be nice. Uh, but he gets the start marquee matchup, I suppose, maybe not to everybody, but you know, for the union, it's, it's as big of a game as you're going to play, especially early on. Um, Aronson does well. I think Real looks fine. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was a game for the homegrowns Yeah, because Mark McKenzie did not look out of place at really any point during the game and <coughs> did just about anything he could to try and stop LAFC from scoring because, unfortunately, they're just going to score. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Real spent most of the game going up against Carlos Vela. And of all people. Didn't look super far out of place. So, like, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah. For sure. And I, I want to go back in time and be like, hey, Matt, you're going to end up playing man defense against Carlos Vela just to see what would happen. <laughs> that's probably a little surreal. From center back in the USL last year to... <laughs> Left yeah. back against Carlos Vela this year. Starting left back Carlos Vela against Carlos Vela um, uh, two weeks in. I guess do we uh, do we want to discuss uh, the Philly Tough uh, debut of one Jose El Brujo oh, Martinez? Word. Everything Derek Jones was supposed to be. I think we said that about five people now, but like this dude's gnarly. Um, well, the funny thing is, like, literally, there was the first giveaway. Yep. And after that giveaway, he was everywhere, breaking up everything, locking down everything. Um, and then, of course, literally just got the side of his face cleated immediately yeah. and just kept running out there with it. Um, I was surprised that no one made him change his shirt earlier in the game. <laughs> um, I'm also pretty impressed with the Union Kit um, crew that they had three um, yeah. there for him. Right. But, yeah, what a debut. For sure. Really, really good. And he looks like a good player. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, yeah, he was a good player. And now he's got to, like, find his feet under him in MLS. Like, 
he looks like he's going to come in and be able to play. So that's a good sign. He also looks like he's going to get suspended a lot. But we'll take the good with the bad. I mean, that's sort of what you got in, like, Seattle with Ozzy Alonzo, too. Like, you knew he was good for, like, four red cards a year. And you and you also need that guy that just other guys are just scared to go up against. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, he reminds me of um, Diego Chara a little bit. Yeah. Maybe not quite yet, but, like, the dude where it's, like, He's good with the ball at his feet, but he also knows when to play that line and, you know, isn't afraid to get a tactical yellow card. Very, like, Fernandinho kind of player. Like, I think every MLS team needs, like, a disruptor. Like, we're up a goal, you kind of get a break, and then I'm just going to take your leg out, kind of. Not, like, in a, that sounds terrible. Not in an injury (laughs) way, but in, like, a, I'm going to trip you so that you guys don't get to, you know, see out this counterattack kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. You need, especially in this league where the refs can be a little bit inconsistent and sure. all that kind of stuff, you need you need sort of the enforcer the, figure, you know. The, and Madunianun was not that. No. You need, you need the find the line guy. Yeah. Where it's, oh, who's the referee? Okay, well, let's see what a yellow card is. <laughs> Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, yeah. versus the last time he refed our game. Um... So yeah, I mean a three-three draw. I think I think we're both all well. We're all happy with that. I, I imagine. I hope so. Right. No, uh, no way not to be. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you're being a little nitpicky if you're like oh, the draw. I mean, it's just it's just one of the things where it's a draw. Yep. Yes, it could have been three points, but all you need are sixteen to twenty points on the road in MLS, and you're probably a playoff team. Right. And points on the road are just hard to get, period. Like, it's it's not easy to go get points on the road, especially when you have to travel cross-country. So, yeah, yeah. you're not, you, you know, there's never going to be a time <coughs> where the Union go to Seattle or Portland or yeah. L, either LA team or San Jose. Like, there's never going to be a time where they go to one of those places and, like, come away with a draw that I'm going to be like, you know, I mean, unless obviously, I mean, if they're up three nothing and then they, and then this turns into three three, then you go, okay, they probably should have won that game. But right. you know, in a game like this where it's back and forth, they're scoring. You know, we scored, they scored, we scored, they scored. You know, it's you come away the draw, you come home happy, you got some momentum for next week. Really, yeah. no big deal, right? Yeah, especially when um the the longest union lead of the game was uh 11 actually uh sorry uh i can't do math right now it's fine nine minutes there you go so it was worse than what you're going to say yes it was right uh hey 69 seconds 69 seconds we got to celebrate nice jacob glasnes's goal and then uh unfortunately orvis wasn't there to celebrate really is uh Sexy season, yeah, even without Mata Jorvik. Uh, are, are we concerned that he's not no, traveling with the team? Not until it happens when they go to play Portland, if it happens. That's that's fair, because if, if it gets to an entire month, then you're just kind of like, uh... 
It's either it's either a little tiny injury and you can kind of stash him away and not have him travel, or, um, and I think this might get downplayed a little bit. Some dudes might take a little longer to adjust to that kind of travel schedule. Oh, de- definitely, because it is nothing. Like a European travel There's, schedule has nothing to compare, unless right. literally you were doing a Champions League <coughs> travel schedule, but, but weekly. Yeah, right. And then yeah. twice a week. So maybe um, they want some fresh legs against San Jose. I don't know. Um, and also, I would like to say it is a uh, very nice that um. It looks like Matt Real is going to let us take our time with um, bringing Kai Wagner back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, while he's not the offensive force... No, no, no. Um, he is a more than he... adequate defender, and that's really all you need out there <coughs> with um, another person who needs to be mentioned who was flinging balls made of helium last week, but yeah. this week it was none of that, and that was Sergio Santos. Yeah, yeah. We get that Sergio Santos, like, even every other week. Great. The Union probably win the East. Uh, let's, yeah. This is, yeah. this is, a, this is assuming that Casper is Casper of last year. And that Kai is Kai of last year. Like, there's a lot no, of... I you don't need Kai to be Kai of last year if... You're getting 15 goal contributions from Sergio Santos. So, okay. So you're saying if, if they have two 15 goal scorers, they could win the, they, they win the East. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. I, I think. guess. Because if you, if you look at the fact that <coughs> it looks like um, you might be able to get like, what, four or five goals out of Glasnost? I, guess. I mean, he almost yeah. had two. According to his... He was his, yeah, six he, inches away from having two in this game. He looks pretty good in the air, too. And that ball from Jamiro to yeah. set him on that, like, so good. Yeah. Um, there's just so much talent in this Union team that if they can even scratch a little bit below the surface of it, there's so much room to grow right i mean i think i think what you said makes sense like right if you get i mean if you get 15 out of both santos and casper you're still gonna get 20 25 from the rest of the team you know put all put together so and you know because this is also like wooten does something you're gonna have but your couple even, El Sino goals. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have your couple of senior goals, you're gonna have a couple from Aronson, you're gonna have a couple from Jamiro, you're gonna have, you know, probably like you said, three or four from Glessness. You know, you're gonna get goals if you're getting fifteen from each of your strikers. So, I mean I think that yeah, that that would make sense to me. I still man, not that he played bad in this game, but I still think there's no way to me, and I'm just gonna say it every week. There's no way to me that Mbizo can't be, can't provide more in the offensive. Can't juke himself off the ball. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Quite, quite. Pop. Ray Gattis killing that attack may have been one of the worst 
like uh, negative offensive contributions I've seen hey, him do in a Union jersey. Negative defensive contribution. Where the I almost where was he on LA's third goal? <laughs> okay, we're not we're not even worrying about the defense in this game. Just because, but like, but like why was he where he was? He was just, like, "Yo, Mark, just, I'm gonna stand. Can you put me in your lap and we'll just hang out?" I, <laughs> I, I just at least want to like. You are a right, right back. Go to the right of the field. The, no, the, you weren't gonna stop him anyway. Cover the left either. wing, please. The, yeah. the the big thing for me is just the fact that Ray Gaddis was at least solid defensively last year. Unfortunately, just being solid defensively at right go. back doesn't work when you're playing a narrow as fuck system. Yep. Like, he needs to bomb forward and give at least the slightest threat because when <laughs> he goes forward, everyone just gives him space because why cover him? Go right. into the box. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of why cover him, Bob Bradley <laughs> had some thoughts. Bradley always has thoughts. I, you know, oh, I'm a maverick. I think that all these things should happen that people have been saying for six years. Bob Bradley, the Joe Biden of MLS coaches. Uh, oh. oh, he said the Union are a Red Bull team because Ernst Tanner is a Red Bull person, which fair. Red Bull teams only play one way. They play the ball forward. They don't try to play from the back, so your ability to press them can only be on counter presses. Then they're going to try and flick balls and run the whole bit. I still think we handled those things well, and we created a lot of chances. So the kind of game was exactly what we expected. He says after drawing 3-3. He says after losing 2-1 to Red Bull last year. I don't understand what your ideas were here, Bob, but they did not work. You're... You, like and and okay yeah whatever coach jargon it was a like but the game was what we expected doesn't make any sense and then other than that i don't think you can say they're a red bull team when you have a team with literally the name red bull in your league and also sorry ernst tanner was at red bull sure great found us oh no he hasn't brought in anybody that was at red bull and can we add in the fact that the union are generally one of the top possession and passing teams in the league. Yep. So the just boot it forward and run onto the ball doesn't really work. Like, sure, like, that's exactly how they played in this game, but yeah. that's just because you're away. Uh, well, also, it is because LAFC wants to be Man City. And yeah. teams that play like that with <coughs> themselves extremely susceptible to the counter right. also their keeper kind of sucks knock so it. it was just knock it forward and see what happens and yeah. oh look you scored three goals i mean i will say after last week though too like the what sergio santos brings to this lineup is a very different set of skills than what and i you think about the games where fafa was in the game last year yep. uh it was a lot of like you know, knock it down to the corner and see if Fafa can get on it, you know, Mm -hmm. type things. And that's what you can do with Sergio that you can't do with Casper. So Mm. I think like it, uh, there was definitely, I think about that one, I think about that play where Brendan Aronson gets the ball between two defenders and somehow turns on both of them 
leaves them both in the dust and then plays a 30 yard through ball to Casper or somebody. And it was like that. I mean, that feels very like knock it down the field, but that Hmm. was just what LAFC let us do in this game. And it's sort of what Dallas let us do last week. Sergio just couldn't finish anything last week. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. But it's not, it's not our identity. That's the thing. It's not. No, no, no. We don't have to and play I, that way. We have other ways we can play. And like, I think the, I think the Jesse Marsh era, New York Red Bull, is different from Chris Armas even. Like, I don't think even now that Red Bull are very long. Like, I don't think Red Bull soccer, as a whole, is very hit long balls. Like route one. No, because it was always press, force a turnover, and keep right. going. Which right. is very different than... To, like, a fault. Like, their whole thing was that they couldn't stop... Like, they couldn't calm down. <laughs> like, at every level you see it. It's like the, the 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 two team, like, scores eight goals a match. Like, Red Bull New York will be up two goals and, like, ruthlessly pressing. Like, yeah, I I, I don't know. Why are we talking about Bob Riley's press conference? I, I just thought it was a very, very dumb thing to say. Well, it's just interesting because, like, a lot, a lot of, just th- this game opened a lot of eyes about the union, which you yeah. would have thought that you know all no. of last year no. would have done that, but no, it was just a game that started way too late, that lineups were released way too late, and that apparently, according to my Twitter timeline, basically everyone on the East Coast was still awake for. Um, yeah, I don't know what y'all were doing. We were having fun. I guess. Sleep is wild. I, I literally, I have to tell you, I literally fell asleep at 10.15. Oh, no. You were the one who called me out last week when I, I said know. that I wasn't oh, going to stay awake. <laughs> I know. Oh, but I literally fell asleep at 10.15, woke up at 1 o'clock. And, like, the latest Union tweet when I tweeted was, like, 89th minute. And I was like, whoopsies. I took a two-hour nap during my Sunday to make sure that I actually stayed awake. And then, of course, Fox fleeced us again with the 10.30 kickoff that was actually 10.55. Yeah, that's an evergreen. Like, just stop lying about these. Yeah, just tell us when the kickoff is. Tell us when the pregame is. Like, it's fine. Most people might even tune in for the pregame if you just say pregame at 7.30. Yeah. Kickoff at 8. Like, if I have it on, great. If not, whatever. You're not paying for the, the, the media rights for the pregame show. <laughs> You're paying for the media rights for the league. Just tell me when the league starts. You'll get your money. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, but an- another interesting thing to pop out is um, with Matt Doyle um, going on a massive tweet thread about um, Jim Carton become a, becoming one of the league's yeah. best coaches. Um uh, the unit have been progressively better and more fun over the past four years, de- despite operating on a relatively shoestring budget. Curtin deserves a ton of credit. And then also goes ends up going on to that part of Philly's wager is that they can create elite players that won't have to buy them. And the performances of Aronson, McKenzie, and Rail sh- show that they may be on to something. I mean, that's why you pour so much money into the academy. You hope yeah. it bears fruit at some point. Right. And also that winning trophies is great, but 
It's, however, not the only reason to play and never has been. And that's where things get interesting. So, if the... um, To validate the job that Jim Curtin and what the union have been doing is working, do they have to win silverware? No. No. Um, The fan base is happier I'm going to leave that like that then they've been in in a while and we didn't really sniff a trophy last year I just you, think like yes you should go and get one and like you're that's yeah that's that's all I want to preface with that's always the goal right is to like win your goal as an organization is to win trophies but like but, if if we are to end up turning into FC Dallas or dare I say Red Bulls. Well, we are a Red Bull team, so. Um, <laughs> where you're yeah. producing some of the best players worldwide. Right, right. Um, you are or playing at least in this fun, country. Yeah, you are playing fun soccer and. Uh, you're consistently like good. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, you're like, oh, that's a playoff team. It's like, is that a problem? I mean, to me, like, I think, I think, Doyle, one of the tweets that you didn't read was, how do you say it? Rings culture can suck an egg or something? Yeah, I didn't want to get into that one because I don't really <laughs> agree with the Allen Iverson take that he no, no, no. did no, after I that. But, I wasn't going yes. there. I was, I was not going there. But... <laughs> ring like i i do not understand the the need that everybody has to like you have to win a championship and i think the reality is there's however many teams are in this league anymore and however many teams we're going to see in this league in the future Mm -hmm. there's 40 teams in the league and one team wins the championship and it's like so then every other team is unvalidated in their success on the season because they didn't win a piece of silverware you know like i think the union do know do probably need to go finish second or win the east this year i think i mean i but that doesn't mean they have to win the supporter shield that doesn't mean that they have to win mls cup I think showing progress, and I think none of that takes away from what Jim Curtin did or has done in the last couple of years. And I think to just bring it to another league and try to illustrate what I'm talking about, I mean, I think if you, Chuck, if you look at the NFL last year, if anyone in their right mind looks at Lamar Jackson's season and says, oh, that was a terrible season because he didn't win a championship, like, get a life, dude. Like, seriously, the guy won MVP of the league, played like a man on a mission, and like, yeah, the Chiefs team was probably a little bit better. But it's like, you can't validate everybody's success all the time by the championships that they win because right. only one team gets to win the championship. Well, and, and like, I, there's a very weird. And it's Amer- like I'm not going to say like only union fans because it's a very American sports thing. I think in general, when you put, when all of your leagues put so much emphasis on playoffs, 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 
get hot before the playoffs, make the playoffs, win the playoffs, win the thing, do the sports. Um, like, do the sports. <laughs> it's a very American thing because, like, it really feels like sometimes you can't just be good. Yeah. Like, well, you're yeah. either the champion of that league and you get your team's name put in a trophy, or, like, your season was an abject failure and you're terrible. Yeah, because, like, and, like, do you what, like, if if you look at England, which, while I hate comparing English soccer and American soccer because well, but it's not like, close to the same thing, but no, only, no. like, five teams have a shot at winning the damn title ever. Right. So it's, it's like, like F1, where it's so it's like, like uh, what what have... am I what am I supposed to do if I'm per se a Brighton fan right now? Right. Um, you or are... even a, to go with a more successful team if you're a Sheffield fan right now, like your team that finishes in well, which the which top which eight, Sheffield because United. you um United. yeah they they get real mad if um you just call them Sheffield Gary well, Sheffield fans who cares about that. If you love that bat waggle, I forgot. I don't care. I don't care about Premier League anymore. Um, <laughs> I, 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 re- I really didn't want to go there for the same reason. But realistically, it's like when you're the fat, when you're a fan of a mid-table team, you're yeah. happy for things such a as table finish, big big wins, great players that you developed, national team call-ups, um, just monumental moments. And right now we are looking at a union team that checks those boxes, dude. And after person. being a mid-table team for the last ten years, right? Like, it like feels we were actually good. bad for ten years, and now we're good. And it's like, can we just? I would love to just hang out here in this good bit for a for a minute, please. We're good. Cool. You know, we could talk about, like, analysis and tactics and things, and that's great. Uh, but we can cheat, and we can just talk to someone that was there. So, hi, Ricky Zelfro. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Um, you you went over to L.A., which is wild, and you're back. And I can't imagine how you're feeling, so we'll keep it decently short. But, um, A, I, I haven't been to Bank of America stadium how how is it how was the experience what was the atmosphere like how did they how did they treat you as a invading fan what was the overall vibe out in, in la for you well first off it's bank of california stadium you call yeah, it it's it's a it's a really nice it's a really nice stadium because it's right there beside the uh the old olympic stadium um Blanking on the name of that of the stadium I was literally at two nights ago, um, the LA Coliseum, right? And it's like it's an incredible experience because I was literally I was told I went on there I went on the LAFC you know Reddit and was like, hey, where should I park? Because I don't want to pay for parking. And they were all very nice and were like, yeah, just two da- two blocks down the street there's a middle school you can park right beside it. So I parked right beside it. And I was walking up and this. This this random guy just like walks up to me and says, "Oh hey, you you you're from Philly. Uh, I'll I'll go and get you a beer." And then goes and grabs me a beer, introduces me to another person. I was like, "If you need any help with anything, just just let me know." And then um, John Zapata, of course, had been in contact with some of the members of the Expos and been like, "Hey, Ricky's out there. 
make sure to treat them right. And then that first guy brought me over to the expos. They started handing me food, started handing me beer. And in general, like nobody there was like hostile. It was a very, very good experience overall. And like just, just everybody that I met, I, I ended up spending like two hours before the game with just this random group of uh, LAFC fans who were just like never, never, never like talked to them before. And they were just like really, really cool. Um, during the game, if if you saw any of my like, if you look at any of my photos or where I was, I was literally opposite of the uh, thirty-two fifty-two, and it's like, that is that is an incredible thing to look at, let alone like look at on TV, but is an incredible thing to be across the stadium from them. And it was just like, as I like, literally the first thing I did when I walked into the stadium because the place that the the tailgate is for them is literally at the one corner and it's just like the corner that the 3252 and is and there's just like it's already like hype before the game is and like it's such such a great stadium for soccer because like we obviously we still don't have like a safe standing section so to speak and LA is one of the the one of the stadiums that was purpose built with that in mind and that end is just like it echoes so much throughout the stadium it's such a great atmosphere and like it's not just that end of the stadium i think you know a lot of people going to union games have mentioned with the last like half of the season last year the stadium was getting more and more into it but everybody in that stadium is into the game it was like i'm sitting on the opposite end and every time, like, anybody from either team comes down to that end, like, the whole half of the city is standing up trying to get a better view, trying to, like, see what's going on. And the way LAFC plays is such a, a great way to have an attacking game. Like, um, I was just, before I, before I jumped on with you guys, I was listening to the Extra Time episode from, like, this from yesterday probably and they were talking about how la plays such an offensive game and doesn't really care about defense that much and it's just like that game on sunday was probably the most offensive like back and forth game that i've ever seen in person and that even includes like last year's playoff game where you know us and red bulls going back and forth the whole game but that game last night it was like every trip down the field didn't matter who had the ball well, like, I guess Paul would say, except for that time that Ray Gaddis tried to do anything and he just lost the ball. It's like the whole stadium was like, for a second, like, oh, something could happen right here. And it was just, you know, an incredible group of goals. And it was an, just a great experience. And the funny thing is, so I go to my seat and it's like, I'm a little bit worried because, like, all the people in the 3252 were really nice, but I hadn't really talked to any, like, regular LAFC fans. And I ended up sitting next to a person who he started talking to me, and him and his wife are there. And he just goes, hey, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Philly sports fan because his family was Philly sports fans. But, like, when he was a kid and when we were kids, obviously the union didn't exist. So he, he followed the union until, you know, LAFC came around, and he was like, well – I grew up here and this is, this is my team. And like, I still pay attention to the union. And I was just like the whole time he's just looking at me like, so how does this compare to the sons of Ben? And how does this compare to that? And I'm like, honestly, like, I feel like the sons of Ben do a lot of great things, but the, the, the unity throughout the stadium is something that I feel like we really need to work on. And I feel like a lot of us within the river and, you know, realize that now. 
and we're, we're, they're trying to do a lot to be like, hey, if we get everybody into this, it's, it's a great atmosphere. There were there were times last year where the whole stadium was getting into a certain chance, and especially like look, look at the playoff game. Like if the stadium and the fans don't do a great job, the team probably doesn't come back in that game, even if El Sino comes in and does all the moves and makes all the goals happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw two, well, one may be the best goal the Union have scored in a while, and then I didn't think Santos's goal was that bad either. Um, was Glesnus's hit especially one where pretty much everyone in the stadium just went, oh, okay. That's so, nice. so the funny thing is, if you go and watch the uh, the side angle of that goal, where you can see the behind the net, and you look and like you can you can see me and you can see the other three Union fans that are on that end because there's like five or six people and like four of us are like awkwardly throughout the behind that specific goal that he scored on, and we all just like jump up and you can also see a bunch of LAFC fans just kind of go, yeah, that just happened and like I can't be upset about that honestly like 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 there was a bunch of people in my row just kind of looking at me like. Yeah, I, I, that just happened. That was really good. Nobody expected that. And the, the other funny thing is, like, I was talking to that dude that was sitting next to me, and I literally am just finishing the statement. Hey, what if he just shot on goal as, like, he shoots on goal and the ball's on the net? And I'm just like, what just happened there? Like, that's – that – and honestly, like, I've seen in a bunch of incredible, like, live goals, like Madunian's winner a few years ago in, like, like 85th minute, like, right in front of me in the river end. But that's probably the like that that goal happens. Like Vela scored a very similar goal in that game. Um, Tranquilo Bardetta scored a very similar winner like that a few years ago. But I've never seen a goal from that far on a free kick, let alone in regular play. Um, and that was just an incredible thing to be there for. And it was like there was pretty much four really great goals in that game. And it was just like two of the best teams in the league just going at it for 90 minutes, basically. And then, I mean, I mean, you talked about a little bit. Is there anything that, and, and this is not necessarily your decision, given how the Suns have been organized, is there anything other than, than Tim McDermott ripping up a bunch of seats and, and making it a safe standing that you think are easier to implement that we can steal from LAFC? Um, I think, I think one of the best things I've noticed in a lot of, because the 3252 is about a group of like 30 different supporters group. It's not one supporters group. You know, we have two supporters groups, right? Yep. And they have 30 and all 30 of them work well together. And I, I feel like if you're listening to this, you can kind of figure out what I'm leaving out in that space right there. And I feel like if you like follow a bunch of people, like Adam Booth talks about it a lot, there's a lot of disarray in the River End right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say a lot, but I'd say there's definitely a division, right? And it's like, at times, both sides do great things. If you work together, you can be the 3252. If we, like, if we, if Tim McDermott has talked, like, he's answered, been answering and, like, been changing a lot of stuff. And, like, would safe standing be incredible for that, that 
part of the stadium. Yeah, probably, but we already we already do a lot of standing there. It's not like we're sitting for ninety minutes. Right. You know, I feel like that would that would help. Uh, I feel like one of the other. Uh, I'm just bringing up Adam because he's one of the the you know capos that everybody would like recognize. Um, he's talked about like trying to do more movement, trying to do trying to do a lot of stuff like that. Um, the thirty-two fifty-two is moving throughout the game, and I said this to multiple people around me. If we had been at home during this game and Carlos Vela scores the first goal, mm-hmm. until we score the tying goal, the river ends dead, probably. You know, there have been times where, like, El Sino will come on, like, against Red Bulls both time last year, where suddenly there's a little bit more energy, but until we score a goal, say, 2 nothing down or one nothing down, there's a lot of dead air, and there can be a lot of dead air. And even last night, or not last night, Sunday night in L.A., the rest of the stadium was pretty dead for times, you know, and especially after the first goal, they, they got quiet. But, the like, you if you watch the video, you can see the 32-52 are still cheering even though we just scored a goal you know and i I get um not wanting to cheer after you've just like watched the other you know team score a goal but like the thing is if if you get dead they pick up on that you know you know how much professional athletes like to say oh i don't know what's going on at the stands i just try to do what i try to do and i try to play my best so often like if if you notice that the people around you are dead, you're gonna be dead too. It's it's just how things like that happen. Like if you know we get scored on so often, we lose the like the plot of trying to be hype for the team. And like I mean, I I tend to be more Positelfian than not these days because they've shown so much on the field to be like, hey. You know, we're down three to one in the playoffs against Red Bulls, but like honestly, does it seem like we're out of this game? No. And like a lot of the time in the last few years, there's been a very good team on the field. And I just wish more often we'd continue to be, you know, supporters rather than just like, oh, it's going against us. Let's do something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Well, Ricky, it is, uh, like I said, you know, at the open, we can talk from, you know, 2,800 miles away, but it's nice to talk to someone who was there. So thanks for coming on and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. I'm sure. Yep. Sure. No, no problem. Anytime you guys need me. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Thank you. Um, should we talk about those national team call-ups? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, we might as well. It's nah, let's not give important. them the credit. Yeah, let's not give them any credit. Uh, what? Here we go. Uh, Matt Freeze, Mark McKenzie, Brendan Aronson, all in the Olympic squad. Which is crazy, because I just saw Matt uh, a couple days ago at the, at the media, FIFA, whatever. Uh, what are we to do without them? uh yeah and like what's funny is i think well no mark will probably captain the team well yeah i don't think freeze will get much time to be honest like i feel like he's probably the second or third keeper on that team uh which is a little funny 
Um, and then I remind myself that he's only like 21, so whatever. Um, but I think Aronson and McKenzie are big parts of this Olympic side. I, I'm biased, but whatever. Um, yeah, so who knows? Maybe we see some DeVries and Turner nonsense. Maybe Anthony Fontana shows up out of nowhere. Warren Craval at the 10. I mean, this is why you brought Glessness in, right? So you're going to start, you know, for a month or so, you're going to start Glessness and Elliot, and you hope Elliot stays ready because it's not like he's going to see the field anytime soon. Right. Um, well, he's, I mean, he's been doing okay in his um, couple minute appearances at <laughs> central defensive midfielder or third center back. Um, also, I hate it, hate it, hate it, that wall that the union went to at the end of the game against LAFC because the only thing that was going well about LAFC was just going at them, and then they tried to defend and almost lost that game. But they held on, so we get past that one. I mean, when it comes to the Olympic game, like, I... I mean, I want Aronson to get as much time as he can while he's down, while he's there. You know, like, I think... And for U.S. soccer, this Olympic qualifying is huge. I mean, this is, like, big tournament stuff. Like, you have to make the Olympics this year. Like, yes. it's. Yes. I mean, it's a non-negotiable. You have to make the Olympics this year. Because these guys, Pomacall, Aronson, McKenzie, like, that's your World Cup team in 2022? Yeah, I mean. So, you have to make the Olympics this year like a non-negotiable so like i mean this is a big moment for these guys and i'm i'm excited for them to have it you know because they're the team i feel like this is a team that can start to turn the tide in u.s soccer and we have three guys on that team um tied with fc dallas for the lead probably yeah i I, yeah i think i'm pretty sure the most was three per for any team and Dallas being the other one makes the most sense in the world. I think there might have been one more, but I don't remember, nor do I really feel like looking it up right yeah, now, but I, I know that Dallas it. was one. There you go. Um, yeah. I, uh, God, do, do we want to no? Do we want to just do the thing and get out of here? Well, what's the, what, what's, what's coming up next? Well, don't, we'll don't we have a game? Yes, we do. We do. We have the San Jose Earthquakes at home, the home opener. That yes. um, that no will not to, be so shut be down for things. It's no. going to go forward. They haven't announced anything about that yet. Yeah, we'll see. But, hey, uh, speaking of cross-country travels, the San Jose Earthquakes get to try it. They come out to Philly. Uh, should be a good one. I, I don't know what really to expect because we've been... Well, the for for reference, um, yeah. San Jose has had a very interesting season so far. Yeah, they had gonna... a nice comeback draw against Toronto FC. Yeah. And then they got absolutely dunked on yeah. by Minnesota United. So either we're going to see a real angry, angry Quakes team or a really yeah. tired one. Um, both. And honestly, I don't think it matters because they can't defend. And no, they, teams they, they that really can't, can't defend don't do very well against the Philadelphia Union. 
Yeah, I their roster is not inspiring me here. Well, defensively, it's not. Oh yeah, they have some attackers. They have some they very oh, good no, attackers no, no, on that team. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Probably not going to keep a clean sheet in this one. No, but I could see a nice three-one scoreline for the home opener. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and you would hope that the Union like get some energy and you know get a bump off of the fact that it is the home opener and you're burning your own yep. crowd after two yeah. games on the road and you know you would hope that they can turn <coughs> a pretty good performance for that right got that new scoreboard at Subaru Park Subaru it's, Park it's Subaru Park now you got the new the murals went up around the, the outside of the park like it's you hopefully sold some more tickets after this game against LAFC and people yeah. seeing that goal and that result, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I, 3-1 sounds about right. A win here is fine, regardless of how it happens. It's weird that Tommy Thompson is a right back now. Yeah, I hate that. Because he's, he's not. Which, I mean, it's not our problem to fix. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it is um, going to be fun for Sergio Santos to be running up against him. Yep. Looking forward to that. That'd be nice. Justin, do you have any uh, any scoreline thoughts? Are you that adventurous and stupid? I mean, no. I, I think 3-1, uh, 3-2 somewhere there is probably appropriate. Now, if I say 3-1 this week and it ends up 3-3 this week, I'm not going to be happy. I did say 3-1 last week. but um, I, I would I would not be happy with a 3-3 this week. I w- no. 3-2, um, I'll do, take. Do the union change the lineup? Uh, yeah. I would like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's one that I very much would like them to change, but I know won't happen. We we all agree on that one, and actually, so we might as Chuck, well just give out our golden conseso. Ray Gattis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would love for him to drop out of the lineup. We'd but... love for him to drop out of the lineup and swing by for his trophy. But I feel I. Feel like hell needs to freeze over for that to happen at this point. If he is not like, injured, I feel like Jim Curtin has like the lineup cards, and he just he, some point last season he wrote Raymond Gattis as the right back, and he just yeah. keeps copying that card. Well, and so see, like Justin, he goes to do his lineup, and he's like, "Oh, Raymond Gattis is the right uh, back again." They had they had whiteboard gate two happen. Uh, I'm breaking that on on this podcast. Uh, I walk past the training facility they had the lineup board and i think in sharp i saw someone trying to clean it with windex but i think ray gaddis is written on there in sharpie <laughs> would not surprise me at all so it's not removable from um, the lineup. or e- even better curtin yeah. just forgot to spell olivier and Bizo's name He's playing Hangman with Ernst Tanner, and Ernst is like, come on! He's like, I, uh, um, why? X, and he's X, like, no! X. Yeah. It's gotta be an X. Yeah, they play a, they play a really small format Wheel of Fortune, and J- Jim just can't, can't get it. Yeah. Uh, do I think they changed the lineup? No. No? I don't no. know why you would <coughs> yeah it's at not this point. necessarily necessary 
I mean, unless you bring Kerval back in the lineup for some reason, but I don't know why you would. Um, I don't think you can after that performance. No, I don't think you can either. I'm just saying, I don't know why you would. And they had this thing happening, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well done. Good talk. Yeah, that um, was a good. That was a good talk. That was sure. a good talk. That was a good talk. Uh. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys after the Philadelphia Union at home, beat the San Jose Earthquakes. That's the spirit. Because if they don't win, we're running no. away. Uh, <laughs> uh, if they lose, no podcast next week. No. Yeah, if they lose, no podcast ever. Uh, we're done. We're just gonna. We're done. Be it. Yeah. All the right. end of use from the bridge has so, come. Really low stakes game next week. We uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you after that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. We could not do this without the help of our network and sponsors. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. For lots of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content, check out BGN at bgn.fm. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarf is the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. You can find us lots of places on the internet as well. You can listen to the pod on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcast. To help others find us, subscribe to the show, and please leave us a review. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at BFTV Pod. Let us know how we're doing and what you want to hear us talk about. And you can also email us at bftvpod at gmail.com. To help us keep providing you with content, throw us a couple dollars at ko-fi.com slash bftvpod. That is ko-fi.com slash bftvpod. You can also grab some of our merch at dsdntree. Check out our merch at dsdntree.com slash bftvpod. For Evan, Chuck, and Paul, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening, and until next time, have a great day.